As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Great Touch for a Big Lad. It's a different kind of boy band this week. Uh, last oh, week, we had four things. of us, and we had the other ugly ones in. This time... Because you've got just they've got the clean sweep of all the best looking people in football media. Yeah. Correct? I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. Um, <laughs> lots to talk about. Uh, lots of your comments that we're going to be talking about as well. Um, of course, Jack Reeve from Talk Norwich City. Back in the big time. Yeah, mate. It's good to be here. We, uh, that's, the that's back in the big time as in on this podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. For the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean back in the big time in the Premier League. Yeah. QPR and Brentford fans, you know, dream of such a thing. What's the championship again? Yeah. Has yeah. yeah. that happened already? Oh, 100%. I forgot about the, 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 the people behind us after, you know, the, the day we got promoted. That's really? We don't, we don't have VAR with linesmen? Yeah. Clearly <laughs> a good thing to be Probably a good thing. We're living in a simpler time in, in yeah. the championship, which I'm, yeah. which I'm fine about. Um, but it is so true. Even if, like, from League One to, to the championship, whatever league you move up into, you you don't look back, do you? you no. Just look forward and I, look at that that division that you're in. That's all that matters. I think, to be fair, after 40 minutes on that Friday night when we went up to Liverpool, I was starting to think, I wish I w- we were back in the championship, <laughs> mainly because we were conceding a goal every 10 minutes. That happened and in I was the championship, thinking, didn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not Dick. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, attacking yeah. team, weren't you? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, but... You know, things have turned. Things have turned and, and we're in the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> the top ten yeah. club in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we will talk about Norwich City. Um, we can talk a bit about last year. And we've got some questions from you guys that come from Twitter as well. Um, but first of all, opening question. Um, painful penalties. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the game last night. Um, Man United won all against Wolves. Really good game, wasn't it? Very good. Did you think it was that good? I thought it was a cracking game. I, I thought it was good that... What I'd really love and I'll say the quote already from uh, EG saying who's got the best squad between West Ham, Leicester, Wolves and Everton and therefore most likely to crack the top six the reason I popped that in there one because he wrote it but the main reason is because I watched that game what I love is the fact that Wolves and Leicester and Everton and West Ham and other clubs as well like Norwich as well no but my point is that people come and having a go yeah, they, like Wolves first half they were very very 
um, hesitant, I guess. They were kind of playing within themselves. They had like a really sort of, not a low block, but they just like, you have the ball in, in your own half and, and that's fine. But they had the quality to switch it up in the second half when they needed to. And I think that's going to happen again and again. Leicester City, Chelsea as well. There was a response. There's a response from these clubs. I think that's that's really good. Um, going back to this opening question before all of that stuff, is uh, painful penalties. Uh, Pogba, um, first of all, thoughts on, there's been like this massive thing, and it feels like to me that people are just clinging onto a storyline mm. because it's the third week of the season with the Pogba penalty thing with Rashford. Um, Pogba took the penalty, Rashford took one last week. And uh, scored. And scored. Thoughts on that whole... Debacle. I mean, I think it's slightly over overdone. Yeah, I think I think the it, one of those penalties was too hot to handle, and, and it deflected into the path of Pogba really scored. So I don't think all of them were actually like, penalty like misses purely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like maybe maybe there should be a tier system like you know Pogba takes the penalties, then Rashford takes them if he's not on the pitch. Yeah. Maybe that's made more of an issue. You should have a, you should have a priority list, but. You know, if he scores it, no one will be talking with it. Yeah, and I, part of me is like, I think it's it's understandable that like Rashford, Rashford should take the penalty because he the penalties he's taken are, are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Way he strikes the ball, so good, and pressure penalties as well, which is what that was. I understand that, but there's blame on Rashford as well because he could have made a bigger deal out of it. But then I then think if Rashford goes. No, I'm taking it, I'm taking yeah. it. When they've basically been set in this situation where Ethan can take it, and then he misses it, then you could go, you go, Pogba's supposed to be a leader. He's supposed to be the captain of his club. Why is he not, why is he shirking responsibility and letting Rashford take it? So like, I think you're, you're a bit lost at where, you know, whatever side of the fence you sit on. It's just that miscommunication, I think. Yeah, I think if I'm a striker though, and I've, and I've just scored a penalty the previous week, and then a penalty comes up, and that opportunity to score another goal is taken off my hands I'm going to be pretty annoyed so I get why this has been made into a story and I saw Gary Lineker tweet the exact same thing earlier on him saying if this was him in the situation of Marcus Rashford he'd be fuming strikers mm. want to be scoring goals this is a good opportunity for Marcus um, and he's he delivered on, on a big stage before so I get why people are, are annoyed about it yeah. uh, opening question then sorry we do this every single week where we start drifting off into the topics painful penalties what is the most painful penalty of all time okay so let us know this could be about uh, your team or the one that I'll go first I'm going with uh, Asamoah Gyan mm. in the t- 2010 World Cup quarter final yeah yeah against Uruguay yes against Uruguay um, and it was it might have been at the end of extra time I'm getting a bit confused with it but I just remember Suarez's Suarez. handball yeah Garner played brilliantly and you know, a bit like a bit like last night. You're thinking, let the striker have it. The guy's got the confidence. He had the confidence, and you thought, wow, mm. an African country, a whole continent was probably rooting. Well, the whole world was kind of rooting for them, but spe- especially obviously that you wouldn't have that in Europe. You wouldn't go, I'll oh, come on the European country no, in no. Africa in an, a World Cup in Africa, and he missed. It. And it just felt so so hard. You know, Ghana must have felt so hard done by the fact that they had literally just 
so close to scoring a goal yeah. and have been denied by yeah. Luis Suarez. Yeah, that's right, yeah. like, there's almost another narrative within the penalty miss which makes it even more painful. Yeah. I like that pick from you, though. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. Because you have your, you have your own ones. You go England. You go like those, those routes. I was trying to find something a little bit different. That's a good. Yeah, um, cool. What have you got, Dom? I think I know what this I mean, might be as a Brentford fan. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. <laughs> painful penalties. I was like, oh, Jesus. Um, well, I mean. Yeah, We've got a lot of new people watching and listening now, so they yeah. won't know this story. Yeah, it's probably one of the most traumatic periods of uh, my footballing life, to be honest. But uh, it was the last game of the season. Um, the well, well, I can't remember what year it was now. Maybe 2014. Possibly. Um, we were playing Doncaster Rovers. Um, big game. It was a big. It yeah, was a big game. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was in League One. Um, we were we were third, and Doncaster was second. Mm-hmm. By twist of fate, we played each other in. The, the final game of the season at Griffin Park at Griffin Park um, with the winner basically taking it all nil-nil atrocious game um, <laughs> the ball went into the area now, I think there's an alleged handball I don't even know how we got the penalty to win it. I'm not sure it was one yeah, but we got given a penalty ball. in the, the 94th minute and our club captain we talked about you know, this argument between yeah. Pogba and, and Rashford our club captain Kevin O'Connor is was our penalty taker and was supposed to take the penalty, but a 19-year-old on loan from Fulham, um, <laughs> yeah. Marcelo Trotter, took it off his hands, um, put the ball, put the ball in the spot. There was a huge like argument about who's going to take the penalty. In the end, Kevin O'Connor went right. Let's just leave it, and you take the penalty. And so, and obviously, probably people can guess what it was about to go up, but actually, you won't. But the, the context of it was that. If, so, if the goal was scored, <laughs> what did that mean? So, if the goal was scored, we would have gone up to Championship. Automatically, automatically, so, yeah. okay. And the the basically the guy who who was supposed to take the penalty, Kevin O'Connor, played over five hundred games for the club. It was his last season, and he was um, he had somehow broken into centre back, having played striker or right right yeah. back or centre mid his whole career because of an injury crisis. Uh, it was literally totally written, sad. completely yeah. written for him oh to put the ball in the spot and bang it in. Uh, so anyway, so the. Crowd drew its breath, and Marcelo Schotter came up to strike the ball, took the penalty. Um, it rattled the crossbar, came down. There's like a massive furore in, in, yeah, in the people area. Yeah, like, like diving to try and head it in. Unbelievable! And like the whole the whole crowd just like held its breath. The the whole Brentford team just dropped to the floor, other than Kevin O'Connor, the man who was supposed to take the penalty, <laughs> who ran back. And ran back trying to chase the counter, and it was it was three on one. They scored, and Kevin O'Connor was the only sight I remember was just Kevin O'Connor running and just like trying to get the ball, and then everyone else was just lying on the floor and was completely broken. So the goal the goal meant that first of all Brentford went into the playoffs, didn't get promoted after waiting, God knows how long to get into the championship, but it, it meant Doncaster won the league, didn't they, it? They then won the league with that kick of the game because. Um, AFC Bournemouth were playing elsewhere but they, they not only got promoted Bournemouth but they won the league they went absolutely crazy flares off in the, in the way in the way what would a draw of men Doncaster would have done it but okay. not, not won the league yeah yeah. Um, so I guess it was like a double celebration for them and probably yeah the probably the greatest moment probably in there oh. if you're a fan oh, huge incredible. in that element of history like, what's, uh, what's happened to Marcelo Trotter nowadays uh, he, I think he was playing for like, Sassuolo in, okay. in Italy like, in, in the Serie A so I think he's done alright but um, yeah I, I just remember like, the, the thousand yard stairs 
like of our, our fans like it was eerie silence having a couple of really angry screams yeah. like but it was it was like it was just so it was like zombies in the ground I saw, Dom, I saw Dom that night I've never seen that angry like constantly angry you know you get up you, you get pissed off at something and you go were you angry at him like, oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was fuming. We actually went for an Italian, just like just <laughs> put a bit of an ironic twist on it. But um, it was, it was, uh, no, it was, it was one of those moments that you, like, yeah, you just like, oh, this is just absolutely horrible. But um, the same, the same season, something happened with um, I don't know if yeah, uh, uh, with another game, and people are always remember that one. Watford, uh, the uh, Watford Leicester one. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The same season was it? Same yeah. season, wow. and people always remember that one. I don't think Watford went up that year, but. They won the semi-final because of a similar situation. Yes. Absolutely incredible how that replicated itself a few weeks later. Same, Same referee. Uh, Jack, what you got? I'm going quite niche. Uh, I don't think I'm going to beat this, but <laughs> no, for me, yeah, the, 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 pe- <laughs> the, the penalty, um, the penalty miss wasn't maybe that painful, but the storyline for me was painful. So take your minds back to 2015. Norwich go up, stay up for the first season under, under Paul Lambert. Chris Hewson comes in, makes a host of big money signings. Leroy Fair, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, other players. We're all dreaming. We're thinking, top half finish? Mm. Top six? Is the Europa League on the horizon? That. Um, there's loads of coverage about Ricky Van Wolfswinkel. Feed yeah. the wolf and he will score. <laughs> be, be, be afraid of the big bad wolf. Um, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel scores a stunning goal on his debut. Nice header. We're thinking, right... We're in the money here. Eight and a half million pounds, well spent. This is one of Europe's finest strikers, <laughs> and he's at Carrow Road. The away game doesn't score. Comes back to Carrow Road. Um, we've got a game against. I think it was Aston Villa. Get a penalty late on. Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, number nine, should be the penalty taker. Would have been the penalty taker if it wasn't for Robert Snodgrass stepping up and saying, "This is mine." Right. Snodgrass takes the penalty, misses the penalty. We go on to lose the game. Ricky Van Wolfswinkel scored one goal in the, in the <laughs> next two seasons. So two for seasons. me, in my mind, if Ricky would have scored in two consecutive games at Carrow, if he would have taken that penalty and of course would have scored, we could have been in the Europa yeah. season. We could have changed his career. That's could have changed you his. And, um, yeah, Ripley, could yeah. Be a, that is incredible player. things like that, those moments. Have, such like, a turning point. Such a turning point. And especially for like newly promoted teams, it's a, it's a big, big thing. Um, so yeah let's know uh, yours um, obviously do us a favour go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes just search Great Touch for a big lab and if you're new to the channel or if you're listening to this on iTunes head over to James Lawrence Alcott and subscribe to the channel and you can watch us every single week and let us know your painful penalties in the comments below right weekend roundup. Uh, so yeah Manchester United uh, kind of getting back to that for a second where this is my, my this is the most exciting thing for me about this season well two things I really love that team's having a go I feel like we'll always talk about this top six for another couple of seasons but it could turn into don't think it exists yeah I'm not sure it does I kind of agree with that well that's what I was going to ask like when when I look at Man United and I look at Chelsea and I know I'm I'm probably pushing this I've been pushing this for like weeks but I just I really think this this season could be a massive eye opener for for a, a lot of clubs and I think it's it's a great it's a great moment for the Premier League I think there's been that, that period where like some teams have more money than others but now everyone's got so much money and, and people are recruiting in the right way that's the big um, thing that is the big thing yeah I guess well the counterpoint to that is, is Norwich City but with those teams where do you think Man United and Chelsea are where do you, do you see them as any better than 
those other guys I, I, I do see them as better I, I see Manchester United I looked at the, the first 11 last night and I watched the game I thought they were really good at the first half yeah. uh, I thought they controlled the game for the majority against Wolves away which is a very difficult fixture I I was a side point I, I think Pogba in the last couple of games has been very very good mm. I think he's got, had a hard rap here. he's on the back page of the, of the papers this morning holding his head for missing a penalty mm. and getting all these high, uh, headlines but he drove that midfield yesterday mm. he, he, he was strong he was progressive he looked to switch the ball uh, if it wasn't for him in the centre of that United midfield they would be in real trouble yeah that's that's the thing for me the, the, the point the thing that they could struggle with and I, we said this, I think we said this in like May we were, I was like they need to start well mm. they really need to start well because McTominay at the start of that game people go McTominay oh he's doing yeah, Martial can do it. Martial and Rashford, cool. look at that. Daniel James, I'm excited to see him. Hey, Wan-Bissaka, like, what a great sign. Maguire, he's unbelievable. <laughs> like, there's all that feeling and excitement and youth in that team. But if you if they go a few games without winning, McTominay's rubbish. Yeah. Lingard, why is he still in the team? Like, all those things are going to kind of turn around. And, and people will turn on Pogba as well. So I think there is... The, the first 10 games of the season are going to be so crucial for both Man United and Chelsea and there's a lot of moving elements I mean you, you mentioned there Daniel James you know one very good season in the championship but that's what his price tag was, was based off yeah. Harry Maguire yes granted a, a fantastic footballer but with that price tag brings pressure and it's also gelling all of them players in, into a team and like you say if it doesn't happen within 10 games which at the moment it looks like it's going quite well for them there is going to be pressure on them and especially when you've got that chasing pack of Leicester Wolves um, Everton, Everton yeah. it, it makes it really difficult and it makes it more difficult for them for them top yeah, six teams you, you have, you have so those players have to bet in there's also uncertainty about whether they'll be good enough for, for, the, for, for Manchester United yeah. um, mm. and, and then I guess the, the third point for me would be on squad depth for United because mm. um, if these guys aren't Quite what they are supposed, they're supposed to be, I think. I think they will be personally. I think uh, Wambazaka, Harry Maguire, and uh, and and Daniel James have, have all been good in the first couple of games. Um, I think that if you look at that bench from from last night, mm. there really wasn't much to, to offer. The substitution I think came on eighty minutes. Mm. The first substitution. Right. Um, I don't know. And Sanchez at the door. Sanchez like at the door. Man. If one of if one of those if Rashford and Martial get gets injured. I don't know. I think that, that that's when you got to ask that question of, of are they better than Leicester? If, if they lose one of Pogba, um, Rashford, and Martial, I think that's when you got to start asking questions of if one of these teams can, can catch them. The other guy that I'm watching that game, I just, I've had different periods of like, oh, I get it now, and then there'll be games where I go, I'm not sure he's good enough. Who? Lingard. Lingard. Mm. I, I agree. Because Last night he wasn't that I great. don't think they can break down teams a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that's a problem. Mm. On the counter attack, they'll look good. Like Martial, the goal was it was fantastic. Mm. I, I, he really excites me as a centre forward as well. But there were times where you even say you've got McTominay's just going to get it and play it simple. Pogba is, will play the pass before the pass probably, or he might get some of those through mm. balls in. But if he's playing the pass before the pass, he's either often it's going to go to Lingard, and I'm I just I'm not sure. I, I really, I really like um, Lingard. I think the thing for me is, is what is he like? I don't think he's a winger. No, I don't think he's a striker. I agree. I think, and I don't think he's a ten. Yeah, he's definitely so not it, a ten. He's definitely not a ten. So uh, he in that sense, so much. what is he? 
I think you'd actually have him. I think you're getting more out of Pogba at the moment in the position where he is, where you've got Tomane doing doing the horrible work and he gets in, gives it to him, but he can also do that beautiful trot of his where he goes and goes, right, give it, give me the ball here. Trot, there, I like that. Yeah. But he, but actually probably, in a, say in an England team, you'd want Lingard in that Pogba position. So he's not the yeah. deepest one, but he's not the Deli Alley. Yeah. He's, the, he's that guy in between who can show energy, which I know Pogba doesn't always show that, but he's still got that athleticism, so it's fine. So that's, yeah, I agree. I've kind of, I think they've got a problem there because I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, I, I think you, yeah, last, yesterday he, he sort of dropped him deep and a lot, deeper a lot, and went wide. I'd, I'd be interested to see his stats. I haven't actually looked at them, but I can't really remember him creating that many chances for people mm. either. And if you're well, playing in at number 10, then... There's some stuff on Twitter about how the lack of um, assists. There's, like, there's not been many assists at all over the last sort of nine months or so. But that's it. Then there's games where he pops up with a great goal or... Mm. Like he does have those good games, so I just like he's good, but is he good? Yeah, <laughs> he's not those ones. I, think, I think going back to that point really quickly, though, I think I think Manchester United out of that pack are certainly the best. Mm. I think Chelsea are very amongst them. Mm-hmm. In and amongst them, I, yeah. I look at them. I think looking at that pack of teams, I think Manchester United are certainly at the top of them, and and then Chelsea is definitely in and amongst the likes of Leicester and Wolves. I look at that Chelsea side. Yes, granted, they've got the transfer ban, which doesn't help them, but they've lost their best player in Eden Hazard. They've got a manager in Frank Lampard who took a derby side from sixth to sixth with, a, with I would say, one of the top two sides in the championship last season on paper. So, and and, and I think the thing for me with, with I think, yeah, and I think the thing for me with Lampard was you would expect him to go there and implement a style really quickly. I didn't see a style. It, it changed week in week out and yes you could say that's adapting but the results didn't prove it and at the end of the day they didn't go up so that's a massive job for Frank Lampard mm. I watched them against Leicester I wasn't overly impressed and they're coming down to, to, to Cairo this weekend yeah. I'm not scared yeah um, that's mad that, that is an interesting point I, 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 watched them, I watched three games of Chelsea this season um, I thought they were brilliant against Liverpool Yeah, I thought they were fantastic against Liverpool um, at, at United for the first for the first half um, I thought they'd, they'd was it her first half or second? I can't remember. I first half, they yeah, did totally. well, um, and then they, they started like, like a house on fire again against Leicester. Uh, but they're not winning games. They're not winning games. So I think that the problem really, I mean, it does lie in, in the clinical edge, and that's with the striker. And that's they, it. They, they obviously need a striker. You've, lo- you've lost goals. Yeah. You've lost goals there, and that's huge pressure. And like, <laughs> it's weird to bring it to QPR, but it was we're talking there. What it, it came back to me. The season, season went down years ago. We sold Les Ferdinand to Newcastle, right? I know this is a long time. I haven't got over it, have you? No, and I haven't. And I thought we were going to get Roberto Baggio. Anyway, <laughs> but you lost you lost 16 goals. And even if you, you know, oh, we've got... <laughs> really show me, AJ. We've got Kevin Gallen coming in and Danny Dicchio and they're like really good youth team players and we're really excited about them. They're not people who are certain that they can score goals at that level. And you, you have lost 16 goals. Like, you look at Arsenal, you go, Bamiang and Lacazette are going to get yep. you goals. Um, Chelsea, that's the problem. And the pressure will mount and mount and mount. No pun intended. <laughs> and so, I, I think, and the other thing, they're unfortunate in the sense that could have gone differently against Man United, definitely. I thought that whole game was chaos. I thought that, that I, don't, I don't actually think anyone looked that great. I, there was a lot of just like, misplaced passes and was, lack yeah, of chemistry that's true, that's true, yeah. the Liverpool game they were great but I remember watching it and thinking 
they're going to lose this. We're talking about the Super Cup here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to lose this, and then they're going to play Leicester, and then they're going to be a little bit tired, and and then they're not going to win. You know, they're not going to win that game, and then there's just this. Do you really think they haven't won a game yet? I thought, they, I thought I thought they were thought for, they, for large parts of it. I thought that they, 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 they created lots of chances that which not many people do against that Liverpool team. Yeah. Okay, maybe don't. To be fair, appreciate the but the point is, <laughs> it's true though. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the I, point is, if you get so say say even if they they get a win against Norwich or or not, but say they don't win the next three, they will have had a very like they're in the bottom two at the moment. That's two games. Then the Champions League comes, mm. and it, that's the problem. That's, that's, that's the problem yeah. that those big sides have is that they've got to deal with those those games as well, and that's why I think it's just prime for a Leicester or Everton or West Ham. Yeah. I, was, I read a really interesting article today about about Leicester, and and basically the the, the moral of that story was Leicester need to realise and realise quickly how good they are mm. because they've got a lot of good young players in there: James Madison, Harvey Barnes, and Diddy, and if they don't quite embrace how good they are and finish in the top six their players will leave yes. and then they're back to square one yeah. and then you're on that constant churn of trying to find the next good youngster so they really need to, to knuckle down this season and perform to the to the lengths I think they're able to perform at I get that feeling though it seems like Brendan Rodgers has made that clear to them yeah. like you need to really realise how decent you are and make an impact this year because you probably won't get another chance I think they've gone under the radar Leicester as well I think, they've, I think they're set for a really good season yeah um, I've got here all things Norwich Okay. Nice. So there's a question from Stan, a blue horizon. If I wasn't a fan of Norwich, I'd want to ask Jack, what could a team with a smaller budget from the Championship or League One do to emulate the success that has been displayed by the Canaries, especially in leagues dictated by money? And I think it's a good question because having a Brentford fan here as well, and I can kind of see QPR starting to move mm. to, to that way of thinking in terms of trying to be really clever to get yourselves through the leagues. Um, what What... What are the key elements in, in getting yourselves through the leagues when you haven't got the money? For me, and I, and I think you'll, you'll certainly know more about your kind of transition of the whole Moneyball recruitment thing that, that you went through a couple of years ago when it really kind of came to the limelight for me. But it's finding them players that are out there and really investing in recruitment and, and finding the, the best staff out there and piling money into that and then you've got to be patient with it so Stuart Webber came in um, and the first season with him and Daniel Fark we finished 14th mm. the style of football wasn't great but I think they always knew in the back of their mind that they had spotted an Emi Buendia who'll, who'll fit in they, they've spotted a team in Puki who'll come in and score the goals and it was just patience it, it was, and it was cultivating a culture that allowed fans to get on board with that and to be open and to be honest and to say to the fans look this is our situation it's not going to work instantly but you have to trust us because one we don't have the money to go down another route so this is do or die and two if it does work it's going to work really well because all the other clubs are still stuck in their ways mm. so I think it's that honesty from, from a very high level and it's also investing and, and, and investing in that recruitment and also giving the youth a clear journey from academy to youth team I think when you're a 16, 17 year old at the top of your age group there's still a massive gap into that first team and we've seen with Max Aaron Jamal Lewis Todd Cantwell who are all now regular Premier League starters these, ha- these hadn't played That's like, incredible. these hadn't played a few seasons ago for Norwich they had a vision that they knew if they performed in the under 23 squad they will be given a chance in the first mm. team and they will be Halfway. given 10 games to perform mm. and if they don't cut it after that that's game over but they've got a chance within that 
and I think that just creates a, a really nice unity amongst the squad and you can do it on a very limited budget yeah uh, what, do you, what do you think it is with, with Brentford obviously you made that final leap no we haven't, we haven't made that very close though uh, also Hopefully. moving from League 1 to the Championship and, and being where you are in the Championship the squad that you've got yeah and, and the term that's often used is by Rasmus Ankerson at Brentford is um, if you can't outspend your rivals you need to outthink them yeah. mm. and we, we canned our academy um, for, you know there, there's a few people who objected to it but we, we look to bring in young players who have been rejected by other other big clubs or, or, or not other big clubs <laughs> big clubs um, and um, and then we've we've looked at development potential in those players and, and make sure that there is like like you were saying previously like a pathway mm. to the, from the B team Jack, um, sort of Jack Mepham, Chris Mepham for for us he came in because of an injury mm. but there is that there is that pathway that yeah, BT yeah. players get at Brentford, and then they get sold on, or they'll they'll be a fixture within within the the first team. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The other side of it is being smart with, with analytics um, and working out other little shortcuts as well, like personality and what builds a team and then I think there's, a, there's, a, there's then another step that you need to take and I think with us it's starting to happen now hopefully um, I don't know like touch wood but um, like Janssen getting that big side making get, the big moves yeah. getting that experience as well as the youth yeah. Yeah. that balance between the two mm. and um, I'm hoping that, that uh, that's, our, that's our Harry Maguire or, or uh, Van Dyke mm. signing yeah that can that can help us a little bit along the, on the road. Plus, you need a lot of luck, I think. Yeah, but that's always the case of any team getting promoted. I think you need a bit of luck. I, I think if you haven't got any money, I know Brentford's a little bit different, but I think you've you've done it a lot better than than we have um, over a longer period of time. But for for me, I understand why we're bringing a few players on loan because that's that's the other way of getting a Janssen mm. that's the other way of getting a player that who's too good for, for you really and so QPR again are doing that which I kind of understand then the third thing we seem to be doing is we go to those, we're finding those guys from those big clubs who've got something to prove like they've got it's dangerous but they've got injured or they Spurs haven't wanted them but if Spurs don't want you that doesn't mean that you're not good enough mm, yeah. final thing I think is good with QPR at the moment is there's like this transparency with these younger players that come in the squad and they go 
you're going on loan and then they come back and go here's a three year contract because we think you could do something yeah. but you're going out on loan again even if you think oh I'm ready right now and they know that when they go on loan it's not just pissing about you better you need you need to impress them because if you do impress them like Abira Eze you're going to come in and then you are going to mm. play yeah and that again creates a a good culture yeah. I think, I think that's I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned personality because I think that's something that Stuart Webber at Norwich has really kind of honed into and, and as well as the analytics that I think we've nailed they will also go out and meet the player and sit down and go and then go back to Daniel and go look is this right and you um, mentioned there about some you know getting players who want who wants it basically yeah and we've done that really well in a sense with Morris Leitner, Tom Tribal, and it's a really basic human element, but just empathy. Like these guys have were playing Champions League football, have fallen off the off the kind of um, off the train for whatever reason, and have fallen out of love with football. So it's now we know that there's a good player in there somewhere, and how do we get that back out? Mm. And I think it's just giving them the love and the empathy, and going, look, we know you're good. We're willing to give you a chance. And we think we can repay you. Mm. And I think that's often overlooked in football. We yeah, often definitely. get caught up in the stats and the analytics. Sometimes it's just being nice to people. Yeah. And, and also taking away the fear. That's the yeah. thing I said on the podcast this week. So, uh, last week, sorry. Um, naivety can help that with young players. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I said on the podcast last week, I kind of the whole, saw the whole Rory thing with you and the him. And him calling you guys more. Have you spoken to him since? Yeah. Have you got him this weekend? He, re- he rejected a coffee, actually. I, I asked him if he wanted to go for coffee for lunch, and he said, no, I can't. So I think he's scared of me. <laughs> so, so Rory, I'll look you down the lens, mate. <laughs> if you're scared, look, Carrow Road on Saturday, I'm willing to meet you at... That Saturday. makes that so much more spicy, doesn't it? Because uh, imagine if... Imagine if... I think he's scared. But I, was, I, agreed, <laughs> I agreed with what you're saying, and I think, I think when you're, you don't support a Chelsea, you can, I can understand Rory's point of view, but... I can't. But I, I really like. I don't know. So, well, yeah, Rory's just said that. Um, Rory said that if you go to Liverpool and play like that, you're, you're morons. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's ignorance. We talked about this, didn't we? It's but, ignorance, yeah. right? Because the point the point I made last week, I don't know if you agree with this, was that the reason you go and have a go at them is for exactly what happened on Saturday. 100%. They were ready to have a go against Newcastle, and they they tried all this stuff. And then you play against a team that's no way near as good as that other team, and it works. And and if you if you defend for your lives against those other teams, which are probably going to lose those games anyway, exactly. You then you aren't kind of in the flow yeah. for those games which you can go and win. And I, that's why I think I think people will really Norwich could have a really nice, lovely mid-table season. Love it because of that and, and have some like really nice home wins like, you, it's easy to get carried away because I think Newcastle are terrible I think they're going to be terrible all season I think they'll be this year's Fulham and I think they'll go down Jolinton's the worst signing this summer by the way really really calling out early doors interesting yeah. awful well do you want a quick uh, plug then we're going to do a tier list on um, strikers for the Premier League Joe Linton is in there so we yeah, could talk about the Linton family I must be proud of him <laughs> Linton, yeah Linton clan are, are, are delighted with that um, but do you have you been able to kind of calm yourself down a bit? No. From a, no. And no. one why? And you don't want to? No, 100%. Like, with th- these, these wins don't come around very often. And there's definitely going to be a stage within probably the next three seasons where either Farker leaves, Pookie leaves, Stuart Webber leaves. And then suddenly we're back to being a, a team. Well, we're still fighting relegation. That, that's definitely the aim. But I think we're slightly above that at the moment. So it feels a little bit different. It does. It does. And I'm incredibly surprised at the amount of praise that Aston Villa have had 
because mm. out of the three teams to come up, they were by far by far the worst out of them teams last season. Last season, um, and I don't think they strengthened particularly well. Yet pundits are saying, you know, they're going to absolutely. Crack, I, mean, I, I so. think I said similar on the previous podcast. Is that I'm not sure if they did enough up front, and I'm not sure if the, the if, if the average of the players that they brought in is actually no. that incredible. No. Mm. Uh, I mean, let's see. Yeah. Um, the Potter Nation. Uh, Craig Bearstead on the podcast the last couple of weeks. Have been, he's got a problem with um, Potter at Brighton. Um, he doesn't understand why people like him. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Coxie16 said, just a few quick points on Graham Potter from a Swansea, Swansea fan's perspective. I totally get why it seems like a big fuss over nothing as we finished 10th, but after we got relegated, there was a genuine fear with supporters that we could do a Sunderland and go down again because of money issues and bad ownership. We let 16 players leave and only brought in four. We had one striker, McBurney, and only three centre-backs, two of whom were under 21. At least half of our squad were academy products who had a handful of first-team games under their belt. He also brought back the style of play that we lost in the last few years. Blah, blah, basically, he's decent. Did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. The Potter Nation it carries on. Um, if, you're, if you're a lover of the Potter Nation, let us know in the comments below as we get behind Brighton, my team for the Premier League this season. Um, by the way, Stoke, awful. <laughs> so bad, aren't they? So bad. <laughs> I'm really surprised again, because you know Nathan Jones is a really good manager. Yeah. He, done, he made like, that wonders shows, at Luton. That shows about how the players and the personalities make a, a yeah. big problem. And they, they get, there comes a point where however, high, however big a name players are um, and how much maybe the opportunity are like up for it, it is on you yeah. it's on those players that score's way too good to be not be winning games of football dross. <laughs> yeah, well, I dross yeah I just defend them a little bit I think that their expected goals if you like if you like that sort of thing oh yeah is, um, it's decent is actually quite good this year okay. um, and I think they've hit I think they've missed some absolute howlers um, but with um, Joe Allen I think against Derby on the weekend like missed hit the post from about a yard out <laughs> good <like> good <laughs> never rains but yeah it never rains in there. <laughs> um, but yeah Brighton's still doing well doing bits as well um, and uh, I, I'm kind of looking to them quite a lot because with this, uh, this new Premier League thing like I'm looking at the differentials which is the, the players that are maybe a bit cheap and Trossard is, is the one so you're coming out with some really like clever stuff tonight yeah, yeah. really clever stuff uh, right um, any, any, any more for any more on the weekend roundup? Um, quickly on Brighton, such a good decision to sack Chris Ewan. Well, that sorry, that was what I was going to ask. I'm not sure if you've, you've you've touched on that before, but such a good decision to sack Chris Ewan. What GJ just don't rate him. Well, Potter's better. Yeah, and they certainly were not going to progress under Hutton. Because I, I guess for you, there's an understanding of like old guard, new guard. Yeah, and he's and I can and remember watching Hutton football week in week out, and it's oh, horrible. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. And I, I and I think it's very easy for a neutral to go and say, he's nice "Oh, he's a nice bloke. He's kept you up. What do you expect as a Brighton yeah. fan?" Well, if I'm a Brighton fan, I expect quite a lot. Actually, I expect to be entertained when I go to the football, and I expect to be doing more than just surviving. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really, I think it's really easy as for a neutral to just say he's a nice bloke. He kept you up. I yeah, think that's yeah, really I think disrespectful. You're probably, you're probably right in a nice bloke, in a bloke, uh, nice bloke sort of stakes. But um, Tony Bloom, I think he's he's obviously in the same mould as, as Matthew Benham at Brentford and the, 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 the gambling mould. Um, but with that, obviously knows um, knows his stats, um, and he, he's probably he was probably a bit disappointed with the, where, where Brighton finished last yeah. season. Mm. Yeah, especially with the players that they brought in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're seeing. It. Yeah, if you've got a bit of money for your fantasy Premier League team and you want to use it wisely, this Trossard guy apparently is going to do bits. <laughs> uh, right. Inside knowledge. Uh, pet hate time. Dom and uh, Jack both have pet hates uh, as a debutant. 
always have to do a pet hate. Um, so you can go first, mate. What is your pet hate? So you you messaged me this last night, and I was thinking, I'm like, I don't think I have a pet hate. And then it came into my mind, always and I was genuinely same. really angry. And then, then it annoys you for the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So my pet hate, and I'm going to sound like a proper kind of old bloke here. <laughs> short socks. <laughs> oh, mate. We've had it before. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, I totally my agree. God. Like, Lingard's on it. Lingard's on that when, at the moment. Jansen at Brentford. Oh, yeah. I really like Jack Grealish as a player, but when he came to Carrow Road last season, I saw them socks. <laughs> I was fuming. Is it short socks or is it rolled down socks or is it bunny? No, I think, it, like, whatever it is, yeah. it's disgusting. <laughs> it is minging, isn't it? And, and, and I've seen some of their shin pads. How is this not law to make the shin pads bigger? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. what is going on? They always fall out as well, don't they? I mean, so Tom, those old Sondaco like ankles. Yeah. Like, Dom was a winger, so don't, you you liked an ankle guard, yeah. didn't you? Because you, you well, not, yeah, not always the ankle guard. Yeah, like they're quite cumbersome, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> did the job. Did yeah, the job. but it's the it's the shin pad and short sort of combo. I think it's a disgrace. I do struggle with it. Like it does need like there's this big gap here of flesh that just uh, needs to be serviced. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like if, if you go to work, it's like going to like an office job and like rolling your trousers up or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's wrong somewhere, and yeah. it just doesn't look quite right. That's good. Another, another one in the same vein is um, is goalkeepers who don't wear sleeves. Oh, it's like it is. It, uh, yeah, yeah. Ray 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 always done that, hasn't he? Do, do you know what's worse is so a sleeve, fine. But you know, when they've like it's like a, it's like a weird like diagonal sleeve, like they've whipped it off mm. with some scissors. Yeah, not good enough. No, it's not good enough at all. Uh, a pet hate from the comments if you have a pet hate let us know we will read one out each week uh, Ronnie Forbes oh he basically said um, please tell Craig to say Premier League not Premiership <laughs> do you know what loads of people hate that I, I often <laughs> yeah. say Premiership and I get slaughtered for it is that a problem it's in, it's in the same it's not, it's not as bad a problem as calling the Championship Champions League but it's, it is a, it is a I guess it's a, an old thing people get annoyed by it the same way as Notts County fans, the Notts Forest fans. Oh, yeah, Notts County fans. So, what's wrong with that? I just so should say Nottingham. It should be Nottingham Forest, right, Notts okay. County. Yeah, yeah I, okay, fine. <laughs> I understand. As, as someone who yeah, struggles with his surname, that's fine. Uh, so, we're trying to save Premiership anymore, or we'll tell Craig not to. But he, re- he really, his, his football mind is yeah. from 1995. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We'll allow it. Um, football turn ons. Again, get your football turn ons in. Uh, we'll read out some. I haven't got any from you guys, obviously, because I haven't really set it up. But I've got one, and uh, Jack has got one. I'll go first. Is that right? Yeah, I've got go a pet hate still. Oh, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, do you pet hate? No, it's fine. Um, oh yeah, because this really—you seemed angry with this. Where it irked me. Um, they're yeah. the worst ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Irwin, who's usually on the podcast, was um, absolutely fuming. To be honest, mm. he, he couldn't speak for a few seconds. Actually, <laughs> um, it was after last night with the, with the VAR. And I hate bringing up VAR again because we're bored of it, yeah. aren't we? Um, it is shit, though. It, it was when they started doing... I don't know if, how many people saw the game, but um, they started doing, like, like, a, like, a maths exam, like, on, on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. the VAR. They're messy, didn't they? They started, like, trying to draw lines, <laughs> like, where... And then drawing up to see where the, where the hand was. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, the angle was, it wasn't straight. So how are you going to know like, whether or not that? And then in the end, it, it just looked like he gave up. And then he goes, "Like oh." Well, the, the commentators uh, when they went to that and they were drawing it out, the balls were the, the with the player touching it, and the commentator was getting so confused that he was like, "Is that the player receiving the ball?" <laughs> <laughs> the player yeah, yeah. So yeah, they were a bit messy. I just yeah. remembered I had a, I had a pet hate as well because um, I, I I heard it on um, ESPN and ESPN video. Um, commentators using the word aplomb 
Like, it's done Blow. now. Like, it's been, it was used 20 years ago. There's no way Craig Burley is saying a plum in any other sentence apart from the fact that he's got no other words to say he finished it well. Yeah, like, I, I'm sick of the word aplomb. There's so many of those little ones that are only used in football. Yeah, aplomb's <laughs> definitely one. Aplomb yeah. I've never heard elsewhere. Yeah, I've never heard it. Ever. Um, football turn-ons. Uh, so yeah, I'll go first then. Um, I, this isn't a good thing and it might be even be a pet hate for other people. But for me, I just love it. It just makes me giggle. It's amazing. It you went, are quite a giggler anyway. Yes, yeah, too. Well, yeah, but an echo of Yeah, yeah. And I would cry as well. Um, <laughs> so Solskjaer in his post-match interview... He got, and me and Don both love this, he got a phrase wrong. When you get two, so Sam Peoples does this. It's called a Samism. When you get two, um, <laughs> you get two phrases and you kind of bash them together and you create this new phrase that doesn't fit. <laughs> so like, um, we, we, stayed at, um, we stayed at someone's house once Years for ago. a house party and then this girl had an exam and she was like, she'd said the night before, like, just, can you try, try and keep it down? I'm like, oh yeah okay because oh, I've got an exam next morning so she sort of came back at like 12 and we were all like just sort of just waking up and we're like oh you're right were you able to sleep and she was like yeah it's fine I was out like a log <laughs> and it just all about three of us something's not quite so right so right here <laughs> yeah and obviously it's, I was out to like be a fair, log or I slept like a log if you're hung over and you're picking that up fair play thank you um, <laughs> Sam so what's favourite one Sam is um, he, he said something like he said oh I don't know if it's the Juice is worth the coins. <laughs> that was one of his. I bet Solskjaer did it uh, last night. He said, uh, we knew Wolves were going to come out like a house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, nice. just did, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, that's my football term when people get phrases wrong. Uh, what's yours, man? Mine feels quite... Um, Long socks. <laughs> <laughs> Mine feels quite, I don't know, quite dirt, like not dirty, but just, I should, I should, it shouldn't turn me on. Oh. So it's... When you're a home fan and the away side score a really big goal and that section of really tight packed away fans just erupt. And I think there's something really oh, you nice. Like it. Yeah, I do. Right. Oh, I yeah, do. So, um, that's, that's a horrible one, isn't it? It is a horrible one, but I, deep down I quite like it because <laughs> everywhere else looks silent and you just see these like waves of people and that, that you know, eruption of noise. Um, yeah, so I could find something in that, even yeah, when yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe you should go in the in the home end when you play away, and then if you can, what you can watch your own fans doing it. Yeah. Did it in a preseason game, Luton, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed uh, it. Last week we spoke about middle class complaints. Um, so the, <laughs> I just saw this comment. I thought it was good. Lachlan King, uh, most middle class thing I've ever seen was at a festival with my mates. We were all sat down, hung over in our camping chairs, and one of my mates, after cleaning his teeth, brought out. A toothbrush drying towel. <laughs> um, what, that, is it, what even is that? <laughs> I don't know. I've never it's seen it. Uh, that or owning, <laughs> owning hard to spread butter has to be the most middle class thing you can do. Because I think we've done quite well. Like, obviously, last week we had three Surrey lads and uh, a middle class guy from Stoke. Um, this week we've, we've popped him. We've maybe lost one there and lost a Surrey guy. But I think it's safe to middle class. Well, no, um, so any other middle class ways, I enjoyed reading that. So I, I, I heard a good one actually in uh, in Waitrose earlier. So <laughs> no, of course, <laughs> of course. but I was on the. I was looking for the, like, the yellow bit. sticker. Yeah, so yeah, of course. Um, I heard someone down the kind of uh, the rice and pastry aisle say, uh, "Honey." Do we have quinoa in the second house? 
<laughs> and I thought, you know what? That's a lot of time for that. <laughs> that is well up there. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Is it? I mean, and she it, didn't know whether they did or not, so they bought it anyway. I feel like we're starting oh, something. <laughs> is, is it possible to embrace middle, middle class ways in the modern game? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, right, better or worse than David Beckham's lob against Wimbledon, the new bit in the Great Touch for a Big Lab podcast. Uh, last week I said I didn't really rate it. I didn't really rate that goal. Um, so people said. Harsh. I said, like, yeah. I said, use the hashtag better than Beckham and uh, we can talk about things that are they better or worse than the Beckham goal against Wimbledon. Thoughts on the Beckham goal against Wimbledon? I think I'm, I'm rating it higher than you do. <laughs> yeah, I just thought you lumped it. <laughs> Everyone who watched it in my office, they, they came up to me and goes, oh, I really enjoyed your podcast. He goes, your mate though, like, <laughs> how's he saying it? Is he, is he on a wind up? <laughs> I, don't think I'd even, I don't think I'd be able to kick the ball that far. I mean that's oh, that's impre- that's yeah. impressive, but goalkeepers hit it that far, don't they? Yeah. Goalkeepers hit it past halfway line. Could anyway, you score? Let's not get into that. Uh, probably not. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jack Gregory says Alexander Arnold quick corner versus Barcelona. Is that better or worse than the Beckham goal? Worse. Worse. I thought that was really overhyped. I mean, the the the, <laughs> the moment that goal went in was obviously a, is a very important important moment. Yeah. Um, the, the genius it, was quick, it was quick thinking it was really really quick thinking she's hit an area though isn't he a bit like Beckham no I don't think, I don't think, he's, distance. I don't think he's hit an area I think he's done, he's picked him out but um, no I think Beckham's is much better ok um, yeah alright yeah Beckham's is better the, the finish for that goal was nice yeah, that was underrated wasn't it that was underrated yeah. the corner itself I'm like I, I thought the finish was like a bit panicky he goes like, <laughs> top corner yeah, yeah, oh, yeah yeah it's great yeah yeah Wow, man. Wow. It's just an opinion. It's just an opinion. Uh, And a wrong opinion. Nicholas Pepe, Charlie Adams, 60-yard screamer. I was there for that game. In Chelsea, wasn't it? That was good. That was further out, so that was better than Beckham, yeah. Mm. I'd have to watch it back. Okay. I'd have to watch it back. Back. Get off the fence, mate. Yeah. Well, I can't remember it. Uh, That one felt slightly more kind of bulleted. Yeah. There was a bit more whip about it. Better goal, wasn't it? Was Beckham? Yeah, I think it was. And yeah. um, Adam does stuff. Thierry Henry's volley against United. That was better. That's miles yeah. better, isn't it? Miles better. Okay. What was the best out of those three? Thierry Henry. It's Thierry, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Say Charlie Charlie Adams? Adams? I quite like Charlie yeah. Adams. Two against one. So Thierry uh, Henry's <laughs> volley is now this week's goal. Can you think of a goal that was better than Thierry Henry's oh, like- volley? Um, let's stick with volleys. Uh, let us know in the comments and we'll read them out so you're going to get to a point where you've, you've found the ultimate the goal the best goal ever yeah, wow and then maybe you'll get to a point where they go oh have you seen this goal from this Icelandic mm. third division and we're watching it we're like, and we go yes we yeah. that is. <laughs> and we say <laughs> it's better than Maradona's goal in 1986 <laughs> uh, right um, quick fire Twitter questions um, oh here's a quick comment on VAR thoughts on this Fergus O'Connor too many pundits are complaining about uh, VAR because it will make them get to work and, and properly analyse the game instead of just saying what the ref should have done. Do you agree <laughs> with that or disagree with that? I, I don't like VAR because I, I know I know that there's going to be a point in this season where I madly celebrate a goal and it gets disallowed. And that feels so hard. Sorry, what was the question again? It wasn't really a question. It was just saying, like, it was is statement. it true? Is, do you think it's true that it's like... People don't like. That's why people don't like VAR, especially pundits, because they're going to have to do more work and analyse the game more. No, I just think it's naff. I think there would be lots to analyse anyway, but yeah, I, I, I get. I like the. I like the point. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, Jack Redfern, uh, the transition from being a class, so they wanted us to talk about it, transition from being a class championship striker to playing in the Prem and some players that have done it successfully and others that have struggled. Mm. Uh, Pookie and Sharp candidates for this season. Mm. Um, you've probably seen that a few times. Who's a player that you saw in the Prem and you thought, oh, certainly he was going to be good enough and he wasn't? From the championship into the Prem? Yeah. Gary Hooper. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Makes sense. Michelle. Yeah, although that summer, he, I don't know what diet he was on, but he, he seriously put some pounds on, <laughs> which I don't think helped. <laughs> do you know what I thought would do a bit more was to rap, um, but he wasn't really up to it. Do you know what I was blown away with who was able to have a Premier League career? It was Jamie Mackey. He's a good player. He's, uh, we talk about personality and mentality, yeah. Jamie Mackey. He would, do, he would do turns in the Premier League that were so slow mm. that the opposition would go, what is he? And he's gone. It, you know, it was like a, we had a mate called Matt Mullen who used to do the same thing but he would just do this they turn he'd do it so slow that like if he did it at normal Premier League speed they'd go and stop it but because he did it so slowly but he had the audacity to do it he would then like undo a, a, a fullback um, I'm trying to think of any, any other players who thought would do a bit more from the same Horsley team <laughs> yeah, yeah no no from, from the champion uh, those are two there you go and what else we got? By the way, I think I think you'll, it, you'll you'll be the perfect person to know this. Mm. Apparently, Timmy Pukki is the most transferred player like into a fantasy team of all time in fantasy football. Really, really, six hundred and seventy thousand people have put him in. Oh, and put him in last week. last week. Really, that's okay. genius. Yeah, it's too sickening, isn't it? Yeah, he always at the top. Yeah, he's always at the top. Um, I, I don't know that, um, but I do know that. Um, yeah, a lot of people are bringing him in. Yeah. And um, you've got like Chelsea and Man City in the next three game mm. weeks, so maybe you're a mistake. Mm. All right, James. But the, the Newcastle game, obviously, that was a good shout. Um, and yeah. finally, uh, Leroy, just how much trouble do you think Newcastle will be in this season? And if they go down, can you genuinely see them bouncing straight back up? So many implications. Only two games in, but they have proper, been proper rubbish. Um, Jack, you saw him. <laughs> Um, do I think that, yeah I do think they'll go down I do uh, I, to be fair I thought they were going to go down last season and I'm surprised that they didn't and I think Rafa you know did a remarkable job to keep them up Ugh, I look at them this season I think, I think all of the three clubs that came up are stronger than them yeah I don't think they've recruited well it felt very kind of scattergun uh, Jalinton does not fit into that um, system at all Andy Carroll, what's all that about? Um, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that if if they to stay up now, it would be a remarkable turnaround. Uh, yeah, I just, I think, I always go to sort of more of a psycho- psychological kind of energy yeah. feeling of it all. Yeah, and Newcastle just doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. I think they're going to really, I think it's going to be a real struggle. For them. Their fans, their fans are, have already turned on Bruce, and we all know that once fans turn on a manager, it's game over. Yeah. The manager is, is not winning them fans back, and that's unfair. Just to, just yeah, to some parents, Bruce. Yeah, although you, they sometimes can do well despite that. Like salary managers, so yeah, just about. Yeah, I guess there's just no one else available there at that point. But, then again, but that might be the case with Ashley. They yeah. might give him the time. Yeah, yeah. And he's coming halfway through preseason, which is tough for him. But I, I just think it's it's, it's going to be very. Great, very it's different. not a great squad either. No, it's not. It's still a championship squad. For it's me. not a great squad. The bulk of it. There's a few players in there you you like, but yeah, there are. You make a good argument, but I, I think Shelby's obviously a good player. Yeah, I'm going to give Joe Linton the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm going to wait on Joe Linton. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. See what he's like. Um, See what he can do for the for the Magpies. Uh, we finish off. Uh, let's finish off with some quick fire predictions for the weekend's football. Aston Villa versus Everton. Who's going to win? Everton. 
it's another great one, isn't it? I, I, I think Everton. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think Everton even, as well. They're very even. They're very uh, Norwich, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Draw. Draw. Yeah. Norwich, Everton. Sorry, Norwich, Chelsea. Norwich, Chelsea. Um, Draw against them twice games, last the early season. Game. I'm going to go Chelsea. Okay, let's get a bit quicker here. I'm going to go draw as well. Brighton, Southampton. I'm going for a Brighton win for the Potter Nation. Draw. Southampton <laughs> um, away win. Okay. Man United, Crystal Palace. United. United. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United, Leicester City. Draw. Uh, Leicester City. Yeah, Leicester City for me. Watford versus West Ham. I haven't seen those. Draw. Draw. Watford. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Liverpool. Liverpool. I think they get a draw. I think Arsenal get a draw. I think I and I, I'm, I'm quite excited about They're Arsenal making... now. I'm kind of looking forward to watching them again. Well, I can validate that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's quick fire. Uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, Bournemouth, Man City. Obviously, Man City. Bournemouth. <laughs> Spurs versus Newcastle. Spurs, Spurs. And yeah, Spurs. And do I put do I put Kane in my team? Sorry. Getting very into FPL these days. And Wolves, Burnley. Draw. Wolves win. Was that Wolves at home? Mm-hmm. Wolves. Okay. There you go. There's the knowledge. Um, we're going to do a tier list video right now. And that will be up on Sunday, all being well. So make sure you go check that out. It'll also be a podcast, which is on iTunes. So you can go check that out as well. Enjoy this video. Do two things for me. Hit the like button. Subscribe to my channel. And actually, a third thing, head over to Jack's channel, Talk Norwich City. Thanks, mate. Wicked podcast. Such a good podcast. Um, Stuart Webber one is amazing. It's actually so insightful. You don't get that kind of coverage on other clubs. And and you spoke to him brilliantly. And he was so open, wasn't he? It was amazing. He was, yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, a, a, I think for any fan at the moment, looking at Norwich as a case study is quite, I think there's learnings to take from Norwich. Yeah. Come on, the Canaries. They kind of want them to do well this time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, subscribe to all those things and uh, go follow Dom. At one dot Dom. Yeah. Well, I won't tweet that much, but yeah. yeah. But the stuff you do tweet is worth it. Yeah, oh. yeah, like the historic stuff. Spice. Like when I'm drunk on a Saturday night <laughs> about Brentford losing or winning. Yeah. Yeah. Check, so, yeah. check that out. More of that. Follow Dom. Give uh, them a like as well, yeah. Yeah, do that as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Actually, my followers just go through the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take over. Like, yeah. I'm going to do that.